0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility, but driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love, something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. This seems to be the latest in a series of podcasts that are not normal. Yeah. You're back with us, Chance. It's great to have you, man. Thanks for being here. I am.
1: I am. Paul's off in Germany still. He's
0: actually at the Frankfurt Motor Show almost the exact time we're recording this. So I'm looking forward to hearing all of his thoughts on that. Some of you have asked about reveals and stuff there. I'm going to say we're going to save all that until Paul can come back. He will have seen these things in person. So I feel like there's no point in us even discussing it until he comes back and goes, here's the thing. Yeah, you know? I agree.
1: There's a lot of cool ones I've seen so far. For sure, and, for sure. But, but yeah, I, I think Paul should definitely be here for that one. It's going to
0: be great for him to talk about that. But in the midst of that, we are going to cover one car debate tonight. We have one car debate coming up uh, from our friend Brian that wrote to us f- locally here in, in Utah. And we're going to cover that. That's kind of an oddball request about investment cars from overseas. Yeah. But the budget's low. so It's, 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 it's a pretty low budget. It's yeah. got a lot of twists and turns, so that's fun. But up front, we have lots of kind of update things to talk about, different adventures that I have had while Chance has had other – we literally, we just sat down here having just said hello
2: from not seeing each other in
0: like 10 days because I've been off in Europe. Chance was actually – we had an opportunity come to us for a shoot that was going to happen while Paul and I were in Germany. So Chance went to that. I want him to talk about that later. But first off, I wanted to give you guys a thanks and and an update, and that is on the survey with podcast one. We heard while we were overseas, we heard that more than 100 of you, and 100 is the minimum, more than 100 of you have actually submitted the survey on our behalf. Thank you. Very nice. Very now, nice if, guys. You, if you fill out that survey, you just go to Podcast One. It's right there on the, the the banner there. You can still fill it out if you'd like, and we would love that. But Podcast One was very clear in the fact that anybody that takes a survey, it helps Podcast One get advertisers in general. Yeah. But with at least 100, that helps our podcast specifically tailor ads to you guys. And we know we've joked before about some (laughs) odd ads showing up on this show. So we've surpassed that 100 minimum, so that's great. Feel free to still submit, and we would love for you to. But I just wanted to thank all of you that have taken that time. That is huge. That's going to help the podcast in a big way. So thank you a lot for that.
1: How long is that survey open? Do you know?
0: I think it goes through, and we're recording this uh, actually on nine eleven. 11 so I think that survey goes through the end of this week. Okay. So if you're hearing this on a Tuesday, you've probably got till Friday to take that survey. If you're hearing it like two weeks later, I'm pretty go check the website, but I'm pretty sure it's gone by then. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I'd, look, I'd look into that as quickly as you can, and that helps nail down demographics and the things that you guys like and would like Absolutely. to hear about.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing, and that, that's going to allow you to have ads that, I don't know, relate, which is novel. So that's, that's good as well and helps us for sure. Uh, so I want to talk about some of the stuff on the adventure trip that we just took that we did not talk about. So many of you may have heard our last podcast. It was actually really cool. We sat down outside with all six drivers that came with us. I just had a round table with them about everything that happened. Did you even hear that? Get a I did. Get a I chance? did. That
1: was kind of cool. You'd hear race cars going by in the back. Yes, we so were often, sitting
0: like a few hundred yards from spa, then we got rained out, had to go inside, which is even funnier. But it was actually really cool to just hear those guys' uh, thoughts. We really just kind of sprung on everybody and said, all right, this afternoon. we got some time. Let's, let's do a podcast. And so they all sat down with us. That was great. But we hadn't been on spa yet. So I want to talk about that day because so that I, was
1: before driving on Spa. Yes, we had oh, okay. done the I ring. We had that.
0: done the ring and the road tour day, and we were doing Spa next morning. Oh, okay. So we've driven Spa. We drove Spa again. I have some interesting thoughts on that day. Wanted to hear, share some other random things from that. But tell us about your adventure.
1: Yeah. So some of you, if you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen that I went and had some fun with a couple of McLarens out in California. Uh, few weeks, oh, maybe a month ago. I will
0: say if I had not been driving, this is the most ridiculous first world sentence I'm about to say. If I had not been driving on spa that day, my jealousy would know no bounds. <laughs> it is only contained by the sheer fact of what I was doing. Yes.
1: Yeah. So You guys had, you, is m 235 eyes on spa this year again?
0: A little bit of everything, but yeah, for sure. So
1: you guys had those and I had a 570 GT McLaren. Oh, you win. A, if we're talking cars, you win. It, yeah. So th- that, that was the fun I had. So it, you had the location, I had the car. This we, is true. We to, this to is very true, you're combine right. Combine the mm-hmm. two together. But uh, a few, about a month or so ago, Project Cars 2 reached, reached out to us. Mm-hmm. It was great. And there are new games coming out in two or three weeks now, the 22nd. And uh, they said, hey, we want you to come to Sonoma Raceway outside the, the Bay Area mm-hmm. and come try the 570 on the track and then compare that to the 570 on the track in the game.
0: In VR. In VR. Yeah, so it was On the back-to-back back deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And I read that and was like, we have to go. And then I read the date and went,
1: we can't go. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I was glad that I was unable to go to pilgrimage this year just, just for that experience. Alone. True, it, it, true.
0: Plus, you and I are the only two connected to the show that have ever played Project Cars. Yeah. So actually, Tom has, but that would be a big commute. And he was with us in Spa. <laughs> so it was good that, that if I couldn't go, that you were right there and able to go, which was awesome.
1: Yeah, and so we get there. And now, normally, when you think of games like this, mm-hmm. you go and play the game so that you can go learn the track and go to the track later. Theoretically, yeah, is the kind of the general idea. Well, in this case, we were learning the track and the car, and then playing them in the game. It was just a really weird flipping of the, sure of a sure. mindset. There. They wanted
0: you to have the real experience, and then then drive the game, and hopefully go, "Wow, this is so similar."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they. The, it was a McLaren driving experience through okay. Sim Raceways. Okay, sure. Yeah, they're, yeah. A, they're a driving school. They do F3 driving classes mm-hmm. as well at yep, different, yep. r- uh, different levels. Um, so it was it was kind of in vain of the Mustang day that you guys did sure. last year. Yeah,
0: yeah. Kind of the typical kind of welcome to being on yeah, track. So
1: yeah, you, you, you had some classroom time, and you did some sure. basic exercises like a slalom and going around a, a 180 hairpin. And, got it, got it. And then you went on track with a, a follow car. And so they... Kept the kept us at reasonably safe speeds. Our follow car was a V6 Camaro convertible automatic.
0: Got it. So yeah, so not exactly being we led by by a rocket ship. I hear. We you.
1: weren't flying, but we did. We were going fast enough to chew through tires on all the cars.
0: Good, excellent. And
1: I got the car sideways through one of the gnarly turns. Even better. Please was,
0: tell me that that's somewhat on camera. Which,
1: that's completely on camera. Good, yeah. excellent. That I'll, that means right later. there you had
0: a good day. Perfect. Yeah. So. Which also suggests there will be a video coming related to this, so we do, do want to tease that for sure, because that's coming soon.
1: Yes, yes. We're trying to help push that out before the game's release or, that, that or would the be day important. of. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. That was the morning, mm-hmm. and in the, in the afternoon, we walk into the classrooms. It was more of a, a lobby that they had all sure. this set up. There yeah, was, yeah. I don't know, 10 or so different versions of the game, all the same game, but on different consoles and different... Oh, PCs interesting. And different, okay. different wheels you can play with. And so it setups. was all the ways you could play it. That's cool. Yeah, so they had it set up where you can play on a controller because that was a big thing with the first game. It was near impossible to play with the controller. Oh, on interesting. The okay. I only
0: played it with the wheels. So I wouldn't know. That's and interesting. Okay. And then they
1: had your basic you know, steering wheel clamped to a table and you're in a, a sitting chair. This is the way like I a do it. Yeah, chair, I hear you. Chair kind of mm-hmm. thing. All the way down to this full-on racing simulator used by you know the big boys when Mm. they go to practice and learn tracks. And Mm. they told us that this particular simulator cost about eighty grand if you want one for yourself. So
0: So, real car or really good simulator?
1: Yeah, and I mean it's every bit worth the eighty grand. But at the same time, do you want to spend eighty grand on a simulator or do you want to get the real thing? I hear you totally. Yeah. So. And
0: or forty grand and a lot of track time.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you can you know, go all according for to sure with it.
0: There's but. our new car debate for the night. How <laughs> would you – no, moving
1: on. Yeah. So, yeah, um, what more to say about it? There was probably eight, ten of us okay. that were there.
0: So so give me this. The McLaren. You'd never driven one. No. Now, I haven't driven their, their sport class. I've driven the, the 12C. Yep. I've driven their sport class. I'm very excited to drive anything in their sport class. The 570 intrigues me like crazy. Now this was the GT with a with I'm going to put this in air quotes. You can't see a little more storage space, right?
1: Yeah. So we had we had four different cars actually. Okay. So we had a we had a 12C Spider. Okay. So that was one I started off in. All right. And then we had one 570s. Okay and then two 570 GTs and a 650S Spider. Ooh, all right. I don't know why they're all spiders for race schools, but that's kind of how they have it. Who can't complain about that? Exactly. (laughs) But um, the only real difference between the GT and the S is the storage space. Okay. The back of the S, think of like the old Ferrari 355s. They got the buttresses and then the flat glass window and then the the engine cover. It's Mm -hmm. not... It's it's not like the modern Ferraris mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, the GT has this nice glass piece that covers it more like a rear hatch.
0: So it's almost like a lease versus Exige.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of okay. like that. Okay, all right. And so this this rear hatch opens up sideways. And you, you can throw That's right, I've seen you can that. throw your luggage in the back whereas in the s you just you also just don't luggage have that should be in quotes
0: space. small bag yeah but yes
1: maybe a carry-on is yeah. not what you're okay. good for sure but carry-on but considering
0: it. the the normal one you'd be lashing it to the outside that that is yeah. an improvement
1: yeah I didn't look at the front trunk space we didn't have time to really dive into the cars all that sure in yeah, depth yeah. but um, yeah they were they were really fun cars yeah
0: well and this was a mix too I mean there was auto journalists and folks that are not really auto journalists that are more into gaming correct or not
1: Um, there was one journalist and everyone else did like vlogging and YouTube channels and that sort of sure, thing sure sure so, um, but
0: were, were they all car focused though yes oh okay they all were right.
1: all, all car people actually I was kind of surprised okay. I was, I that I was does thinking, surprise me I was
0: expecting there'd be some, just some straight up gamers
1: there. yeah I was thinking there'd be more you know like the game informer magazine sure. yeah, whatever yeah. type hmm. type journalists there but there wasn't hmm. okay the, uh, the media person um, denny or i think it was denny was his yeah. name he, he walks up to us in the morning we're getting on the shuttle and he's like hey guys i just invited everyone whose videos i watch on youtube that's, that's the awesome. only people he invited so that's cool just happened to be on that list which that's is very cool
0: i wonder if they did more than one day because that, that's the other thing sometimes they do more than one day and it maybe that doesn't was
1: the... sound like it really they may have okay. but if they did they weren't talking about
0: it well that's cool i'm really glad that we were a part of that i'm glad you were able to go too
1: yeah it was it was a blast we, have, uh, we will have – I'm going to actually
0: kind of stand over Chance's shoulder while he edits this video because that is coming soon because we do want to get it out in front of the game. But uh, he did get video, and I'm excited to see it as you are because I haven't seen a frame. So uh, <laughs> that is coming, which will be good. Of course, we did do pilgrimage, and we did shoot that as well to do a similar wrap-up. We did not do – actually, this is the least amount of of personal footage I've ever had at pilgrimage because every time I've gone – To Germany and spa I've had some time if you if you will this is a weird way to put it but some time that I had to work some time that I had to be on camera and talk to camera while driving hard this is the first time where just because of what we have going on schedule wise we shot all the stuff to do a nice wrap-up piece like we did last year and this one's going to be really cool actually I've got a mountain of footage and these guys went with were so much fun but Paul and I didn't actually shoot any on-track interviews so I was able to just be on track. I'm still the cameras running because it's us.
1: So you we, were on vacation, is what you're saying?
0: Well, only when I was in the car. Only when I was in the car. Because the the big thing about this trip that that I that I really want to stress is that you know Paul and I, of course, we're we're obsessed with driving these tracks. We're obsessed with driving hard, yeah. and these aren't our cars, which makes it even better. But look, everybody that's there has paid a good deal of money to be there, and so we spent the morning of every drive day just making sure everybody had their car, their instructor, they were happy, they were getting laps. Paul and I were on the clock in that regard. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was important for us to, to make sure all of that worked smoothly. And once we started to see everybody kind of getting out of cars with smiles and breathless and this is working and that kind of <laughs> stuff, then Paul and I worried about, hey, are you going or am I going? Who, who's getting on track? Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but then in years past, when we're doing that, especially it's mostly been happening after lunch, then we have to go, okay, so what camera's hooked up? Do I have my mic on? Who's shooting me? What do I have to talk about about this car? That was the part that was removed, which was actually really fun. So there were some good laps in the afternoon that were just, let's go out and drive. And in fact, to that end, I want to talk about driving on Spa this year. Because I had a weird experience. Actually, Paul would too. But I don't know that he would want to elaborate as much as I do. So I figured I'd just talk about it right now. Sure. And that is, we had a guy on the trip. This year, we had a new thing. You could do upgrades. Yeah. Now, the trip is designed exactly like our film. So come, and when you drive the ring, you're in the Magan uh, RS. 265 RS, that's the horsepower range. Fantastic front-wheel drive car. I mean, think about the best front-wheel drive you've driven. It probably is better. It's really well-matched for the ring. Then you wind up on Spa on the M235i. That's, these are the base cars. But this yeah. year, because RSR, is, our, our partner over there, has got lots of cars, we provided upgrades as possible. If you wanted to pay more and upgrade, they can get another thing. Sure, sure. So one guy on the trip is an owner of an Siege.
1: Oh, yeah. So he decided he
0: wanted to upgrade to the Alpha 4C because he wanted to have the comparison. Cool. So Paul and I started getting some laps in it. Very interesting because you may remember from from our mid and Mountains film. We drove it with the Elise and we drove it with the Cayman. Yeah. And it was very much the middle ground between the two.
1: I can see that, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it really played that way in the whole film, you know. Totally, The Elise is definitely the more hardcore dynamically, which you would think would be better on the track. But then later, we drove the Spider 4C on PCH. Oh, right. On the morning, top off, and loved it. That was the perfect scenario. You're driving seven, eight tenths, the top's off, the sun's out, it's the coastline. That car was perfect in that scenario. Yeah. Never driven it on the track till this trip. This guy that that wanted to drive it, Samir, got out of it after his first session, spooked, genuinely spooked by the car. Really? Which was really interesting. Yeah. So then Paul went and drove it. Paul got out genuinely spooked by the car, at which point I'm thinking, I need to drive this on track now. Yeah. I am not some amazing driver. Paul and I are actually fairly well matched as drivers. I got in this and was shocked because... I've been really pondering the 4C, not like I'm running out and shopping. I'm not saying that. But I'm just thinking about, okay, as values come down in the 4C, does the 4C become an lease alternative? It's just been in my brain. Yeah, yeah. You know, where does it go? I don't like that it's only automatic. It has some some issues, but it has some pluses as well.
1: Yeah, it falls in a weird kind of range Mm -hmm. between two cars. Agreed,
0: agreed. So I thought, all right, where is this? How is this going to be on the track? And I quickly realized that this is a car for no one. I hate to say it. If you're going to do the PCH cruise thing, it probably is great. But it was not a good track car. And I was really surprised.
1: Why is that? What do you think?
0: It's unpredictable.
1: Okay. Is it just the short wheelbase? That's the the beginning and the
0: end of it. It's unpredictable. And and, and I will go on. Watch me. I, I will go on. But here's the thing. What was funny is Samir, who had rented it, did some laps but not a ton. Paul did laps in the 4C only when he couldn't get in anything else. He was not happy to be in it. <laughs> so I just decided to dedicate myself. We had a certain number of kilometers dedicated to us that we were paying for. Yeah. I just decided, I'm just going to take on this car all day. And if nobody else is in it, I'm going to take it out. And I don't know how many laps I did. And I just that was my personal challenge for myself for the day. Wasn't, I didn't like it nearly as much as the to Drive. But I just thought, I want to try to understand this car. Yeah, yeah. And near the end of the day, I got back in the M235i. Which you would think, certainly just a, you're, you're a kid sitting watching these cars drive by. Which one's faster? Well, the Alpha. No. The M235 is so easy to extract speed, yeah. so easy to I rotate and idea. drive, and so forgiving. I am certain, even though when I drove the M235, I didn't have a camera running, I am certain that my laps were faster in the BMW.
1: So it's confidence, driver inspiration.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's just, it's incredibly predictable. The Alpha... Under braking, sometimes would brake perfectly in a straight line. Sometimes would hit an undulation and decide to not. You could rotate the back under braking very easily with trail braking. I mean, you could you could whip the back around with trail braking yeah, if you that's weren't not careful. not you want on track. You could also whip the back around by getting in the gas too fast. So the back just kind of wants to come around and see what's going on in all kinds of scenarios. I caught it under braking. I caught it under gas. Paul talked about how much he hated getting on the gas coming out of corners. The steering, which is manual, just like the Elise, tells you almost nothing. How it's possible to have a completely manual steering rack with no information is kind of a trick. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, that
1: makes no sense at all. Rotation in
0: the car was entirely told to you by what was coming through the seat. Whereas the Elise tells you all day long what's happening to the grip levels. The Alpha is now sliding, and what told you that is your butt. The steering told you nothing. The steering is now just a tool to point the car. I just worked this car, and I got this car to where – I'll give you just frame of reference. I got this car to where my fastest laps in the Alpha were about equivalent to most people's average laps in the M235. Wow. But comparatively, to give you this – Paul's fastest M two two thirty five lap and his fastest alpha lap. The M two thirty five, he was twenty seconds faster on Spa. Wow! Now, now Paul did not take the time that I did in the alpha sure. to really go. How can I? every time he got in it, he got out of it going. I'm not liking that car. So he wasn't. He wasn't finding the edges, and yeah, he wasn't he was avoiding it. it basically, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. But still, come on.
1: That that's Paul's really a solid
0: driver. Yeah, and, he is, and he just didn't like that car, and he was hooning the m235 so his deficit was was 20 seconds and i i was i was in the mix with the alpha compared to the bmws
1: yeah that's really shocking and, dis- and disappointing on all kinds of levels it's, I, it, it's a car that it looks fantastic it does look great it sounds good mm-hmm. for a for turbo four but to have that look and sound and then not be able to you know put its money where its mouth is on the track, what it's kind of yeah. meant for. Yeah. What's the point?
0: Well, and all the RSR folks had kind of a, okay, it's kind of a silly car kind of demeanor about it. And these are the guys that are driving spa in the ring all the time. Yeah. And they're instructors. And all of them were just kind of, they, they let people form their own opinions on the Alpha. They were kind of like, okay, Go. They, they didn't really give you commentary. And when you asked them after, you kind of found that everybody at, at RSR was like, it's a really interesting car that disappointed them. And I hate that about it. I hate that about it. I want it to be fantastic. And I just, oh, I, I was, uh, but, but in a weird way, and I know this is going to sound strange, in a weird way, it was one of my favorite driving days in a long time, partially because I was driving on Spa, but also because I just was like, okay, this car isn't the Elise, but I want to see if I can wrestle it to the ground. I want to see yeah. if I can find speed in this car in spite of that. And that was a challenge I haven't had. I've never had the opportunity to do that in a car. And that was actually fun in its own way.
1: So just think about this out loud here. Do you think the 4C is trying to be too much at once? It's trying to be the race car and it's trying to be the daily driver, trying to be the fun backroads car, car that just fails at all of them because they can couldn't, Maybe they couldn't just pick one or two of those things. Maybe I, I, here's the thing
0: I was also surprised by, because one of the things that's just a reality of the Elise is that car is really wickedly loud. It's just yeah. loud, especially yeah. on cam. The second cam, that's just it, just shrieks at you. You'll hear nothing else: passengers, stereo, other traffic. It's irrelevant. <laughs> it's, it's just a shriek. But here's the thing: the Alpha sets itself up as a nicer place to be than the Elise, but it is every bit as loud and hot. So at that point, I started to think, okay, if we haven't gained luxury, if you will, and I realize luxury is not really the thing we're going for in either of these cars, but if we haven't gained luxury appointments, if we haven't gained sound deadening and that, you know, noise and harshness improvement, then let's just go hardcore. Let's figure out the steering and give it that electricity and let's figure out a progressive nature to both the handling under braking and especially the handling under acceleration and let's just chase the Elise. Because the car, something about its nature, it's not, it's like the Elise with a slight, it's like somebody took an Elise. I've seen these. They took an Elise to an aftermarket upholster and they made the interior nicer. That's actually what you come away with in the 4C.
1: That's interesting.
0: Where where it's like, oh, this is this is nicer than it, than I expected, but y- yet it's still loud, it's still hot, it's still yeah. everything the Elise is that you get that you put up with. So at that point, I'm just kind of like going, okay, how do you take this car? And I'm sure, I'm certain there's a way you could take a four C and you could have somebody that's really good at chassis tune it to chase the Elise, and you could probably get there. But it isn't a middle ground. But it isn't. I don't feel like in that middle ground, it's gone enough luxurious where you're just like, yeah, this is good. that the loss of dynamics is okay
1: yeah i can see that and it's kind of sad because alfa romeo has all their recent cars that they have brought here the Mm -hmm. 8c the 4c Mm -hmm. and the julia they all look fantastic they do and they They all get mm, so so reviews everyone Mm -hmm. loves julia but but i think some of that's just because they're they're wanting to give it that extra, hey, not, not I, extra boost, but I love, but, it. I love but it, but I hear you. They, they, I think some of it's the, Oh, it's an alpha. We need alpha back. And you're supposed sure. To like alpha. No,
0: I, and I, but, here, I still like the four C in spite of all this, Yeah. but I just realized it's a set. It's absolutely a seven tenths car. It's a six or seven tenths car. And I think at that point, and I said this on the PCH, but I didn't, at that point hadn't pushed it as hard as I pushed it now. Yeah. That's the environment. You want the spider, and you want it to be more cruiser, back road, almost treating it like a GT car on a great road. Then I'm going to go hoon this car. Yeah, and yeah. At that point, I think it makes all kinds of sense. But it's fascinating that RSR has it as an—they've had it for a track car for three or four years. It, it stays in their fleet. People They're, keep renting it.
1: So they must be getting enough people that rent it. Yeah, for and they sure. They probably get based on what you're saying about how they tell, tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. They probably get people that love it and people that just don't.
0: Yeah. Well, but I think uh, there was a guy in our group named Corey who'd never driven mid-engine before, ever in his life. Okay. On the road tour, he fell madly in love with the 4C. And on a back road, on a road tour where we're not going 10 tents, you know what? I'm not surprised. But I said to him, I said, if you'd ever driven a Cayman or an Elise, I'd be curious to talk to you about the 4C. But if you came into RSR out of the sky, you'd never driven a, a mid-engine before and you yeah. rented the 4C, I bet you would come away jaw-dropped and loving it. Yeah, yeah. But I came in, as did Samir, I came in with personal regular experience of the Elise platform. And also, Paul, for example, we both came in with Cayman experience, yep. and we both, we've driven both those cars extremely hard on track, and they're the Alpha can't keep up. But backroad, especially backroad Spider, bring it.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it was
0: really. I mean, look, I've done this whole 15 minute thing on a car that sold probably 300 units last year. I realize this is not a car you're going to just, you were just trying to decide if you want one. I'll save you the time. Get a Fiesta ST. But uh, <laughs> but then that's a car you'll find and actually be able to afford. But I was just, I I wanted such great things. And I just yeah. spent all day with this car. It was really weird. You know, the comment I came away with to Paul, I know this is the thing I do. The comment I came away with to Paul is I said, the alpha, driving the alpha is like. That person you've been dating for a long time that is blazingly hot. They are crazy attractive. Okay. And unbelievably difficult at the same time. And you find yourself at some point going, is this worth it? That, yeah, that, that, experience happened so to me in the alpha.
1: So those of you who've watched, uh, I know you haven't, but uh, how I met your mother, you Barney Stinson's got this crazy hot scale. So okay. In sure. order, in order sure, to be sure. a yeah, person, you've got to yeah, be yeah, yeah, so hot and so crazy to be, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's kind of it sounds like kind of one of those things.
0: It was interesting. I know I've I, I know I've gone off on the 4C, but it was just it was such a fascinating day for me as a driver. And Paul was just Paul was like I'm I'm going to go drive something else. That was Paul's demeanor all day. He was like <laughs> Goodbye, I'm not going to do <laughs> I'm not going to do this day at Spa in this car. And I just said, "All right, bring it." I will have, I, I will say this one thing, though, one other thing, and that is we got rain in the afternoon. Yeah. And about half our group was like, well, I'm not going out now. And I said, I'm going back out in the 4C. And Paul looked at me like I had grown another head. He was like, <laughs> you're going out in that car now? And I said, I am. And I did some decent laps, but it was just, I was just embracing the challenge of I'm yeah, here yeah. and it's crazy and this car is not what I want it to be, but so be it. It was
1: fun. Yeah, I've noticed that you do that on a lot of our shoots. The the Whoever we have along with us, Edgar, me, Paul, whoever. When there's a car that the rest of us just, just don't care for, you're like, I'll take it, because you're just yeah, whatever. I'm over it. I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah, I deal just, with it.
0: I, I wanna I wanna wrestle that stuff. I wanna yeah, figure yeah. out where I know this sounds weird. Where does it get good? Is part of what what strikes me, and then the other part of it that strikes me is just can can I find this car sweet spot
1: if there is one? Uh, hopefully, yeah. yeah hopefully yeah, yeah. there's one. Yeah. So that, that's very interesting.
0: Well, we also, of course, we were, we were there longer than we normally have been because we were actually, this, this might interest you for next year. And those of you that are considering next year, we also did some recon to see if we can figure out a way to add the two big museums, Porsche and Mercedes, to the trip. Oh, yeah. We've had people ask that. So Paul and I actually went to Stuttgart a little bit. We did that. So we got to go there. We got to go to a place called Motor World, which is, we thought Klasikstad was cool. Motor World is a whole other level of the same idea. And uh, and they had posters up around Motor World that have my new favorite comment. I posted it on I think all of the places. Uh, it was "Meet von Sportwagen Freaks." This was the title <laughs> for cars and coffee, and I thought we should all we should refer to that's all a, of them that's that a way. fun word in in every every country in the world. It should be "Meet von Sportwagen Freaks." I was like that should be that's, that's
1: pretty good our, like our
0: rally cry right there. So anyway, so that was happening. Uh, of course, we got to meet Sabine which was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. We had dinner with her at her. Uh, she has a kind of, it looks like a Wyoming ranch in the middle of Germany. That'll be fun footage for this piece. Yeah, yeah. So we got to meet with Sounds her. Sounds really interesting. It was amazing. Sure. That was really cool. So we're kind of continuing to hone this trip. We will do it again next year. We hope to have uh, new things to add. So there is more than enough wrap up of that. Um,
1: <laughs> it's it's Todd talking. I mean, you, you just said. You're right. Wind them up and he goes.
0: Yeah, look out. <laughs> Normally, Paul's here to kind of smack at me. But anyway, um, so there's that. I did want to follow up on a podcast from a couple back here. Uh, in fact, I need to find the, the number while I'm thinking about it. But Jordan and his wife, Megan, wrote in not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty recent. And uh, and it was. I think it was actually our last podcast before we went to Germany. I am going to find the number, I swear. But we wrote in as uh, the... Um, it was the therapy group essentially was what we titled it and uh, and he wrote in with actually Megan wrote in on his behalf saying they were trying to figure out what car to buy they're still in college they had and I'm actually in a roundabout way defending Paul here because they had 15 grand this was uh, episode 226 the email support group they had 15 grand if they kept her car they had 25 if they sold her car and his Okay, I'm defending Paul because we all get mad at Paul, myself included. We get mad at Paul because whatever the budget is, Paul adds five to ten grand every time. But what's funny is that a lot of times this is how we shop, and I mean we collectively is how we shop. Oh yeah, because Jordan and his wife went out, and uh, Paul and I were very good at trying to find them cars for less than fifteen grand. He spent somewhere in the low twenties. And she kept her car. So again, they added five nope. grand right away, and he found himself—I am boggled. He was looking for a fun car. He found himself a very clean nine nine six nine eleven, and he's in love.
1: Yes, and I'm really jealous because that exact car is one that I'd been eyeballing for a while.
0: Do you know what he got it for? I know he was writing uh, to it us was about it. It
1: was listed at nineteen five. Okay. And it was All very right. clean car. Okay. It Looked fantastic. It stayed. It was listed for about three months. Uh, so it made me wonder if there was something wrong with it. Manual or auto? Manual. It's Which got means the... Megan
0: has to learn to drive it. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. All right. So I it's hope a manual does. car.
1: It's got the, uh, the GT3 look. Yeah, it looks great. It looks it. great. It Jordan, congrats. R-
0: and Megan very well done learned car. to drive stick. You're yes. lo- you local. We yes. need to teach you to drive stick. Anyway, sorry, I just said that. <laughs> but but no, learn to drive stick because you need to be able to drive that car. So I'm excited that they that, that they uh, bought that. Good job, guys. And I'm jealous. No kidding. No, that's that's a great find. I'm but laughing. you know,
1: I'm also I'm also happy because now I don't have that tab sitting open on my work computer, <laughs> taunting me and tempting me. I and hear you. I hear now you. Now that's just gone. So thank you for buying that. So yeah, I don't have it's to. actually off that list. <laughs> that, that's the thing. The cars that
0: hang out for months, they, they actually become even worse. I feel like they just yeah. I was like, oh, that's still further. there. <laughs> I, that should be my car. That, that's the, well, the lease I have was was posted for months. Yeah, and it just kind of got worse. It was kind of like, oh, should I buy that or what's going on? Of course, it's I'm in bad.
1: It yeah, it's bad. So
0: anyway, so congrats to Jordan for that. And I, actually, that related to uh, jo- uh, Joey Saldano's question on uh, social media. He said, "Why not the nine nine six for more than twenty grand?" First off, I'm going to say. The great thing about the nine nine six, and Jordan's just proved it, is it is the affordable nine eleven. Yep. And so, you know, if for more than twenty grand, sure. But here's here's the thing I'm gonna to say to you, Joey. There is a place at which nine nine six prices edge into other versions, specifically the nine nine seven. If you can get a nine nine seven for nine nine six money, get the nine nine seven.
1: Yes. I've noticed actually a lot of nine nine six four S's that are okay. about the same money as 996 turbos, which are about the same as 997 S's. So it's kind of like, why would you get the 4S when you can yeah. get the 997 or the turbo? Or the turbo.
0: Why I mean, the 996 would you bother? turbo but is I've,
1: I've seen them. They're low, usually lower miles, but I've seen them in yeah. just... I, I shake my head like, what is this guy thinking? I mean,
0: the 996 Turbo and possibly the GT3, those are the places where I could see somebody spending yeah, totally. more money on a 996 than a 997 because you're going to get more car for your money Yeah, there. I agree with that. But by and large, once the 996 prices start to, to brush against the 997 prices, the 997, I just think, is the better 911. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, come on. Jordan just found himself a killer car for 20 grand. Uh he, he broke through his own Paul limiter, but congratulations on a great car. Um <laughs> And then there was another question that I want to talk to up front, and then I promise we're going to do a car debate. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Sean asked, and (laughs) Maine J77 also asked on two different platforms. They asked questions about my
1: wife and the Elise. Yeah, I saw that. And I. rolled off my chair dying yes sean
0: <laughs> asked has my wife officially stolen the elise Maine j77 asked how many miles did she rack up while i was gone for 10 days uh mini is the answer to the miles question i was just looking on the way over here tonight we've had the car six weeks almost almost yeah. six weeks uh we put three thousand miles on it since we bought it We've been driving it a lot, well, and I and I've been days. gone. It's, it could be worse. And I've been gone for ten days, uh, so there's that. But the reason I'm bringing both of these things up is she drove it as much as she possibly could, unless she had to take her Cayenne, which is the most ridiculous sentence I think I've ever said. Uh, she drove the Elise, until she had to take the Cayenne. That's insane. <laughs> the Cayenne, <laughs> by you. the way, exactly has a hundred thousand miles on it now, and is running like a champ. Yeah, that that's thing good. is good. so rock solid. That car's which is been great. great for you guys. But the reason I bring all of this up is because I haven't told you this yet, Chance. But our local track does this thing called Wide Open Wednesdays.
1: Yes. Where There's you can one this get on Wednesday, track. one tomorrow, actually.
0: Yes. When you're listening to this, uh, it'll be tomorrow. And my wife and I are going, and I'm putting her in tr- in the are car you? on track. Yes. Man. I'm just it, thinking, maybe I need to go to I'm just too. thinking, okay, if she's liking this car this much, I need to get my wife some track time and just have a totally different conversation. So I'm very well, excited to get it, her on track.
1: It, it's really funny you say that, because the Porsche Club, our regional Intermountain Porsche Club, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're doing a track day this weekend. Hmm. And we're hoping to be going to that. Mandy's been, oh, I need to go to this. I need to go to this. She wants to get our boxer on track for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. She, she, we did a wide open Wednesday last year in our BRZ and yeah. was hooked. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. So I, I, think, I, I think your wife will, will be the same.
0: I'm quite fascinated to have her, uh, have her drive it. And of course, it was funny today. We did like the test run today because also, also I haven't tracked it. Right. So I'm excited to track it as well, just to kind of do. Uh, in my mind, it's going to be kind of track shakedown and find the current setup. How does it? How does it drive? Yeah, yeah. Because there's certain things that have been done to it that are that are other than stock. But for example, two things: one, it has a four point harness. So I had to put my wife in the car today and be like, "This is a four point harness," and, and have that <laughs> yep. discussion. Of course, she was a quick study, but I mean, I didn't want it to have to figure out on the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that we did that, and then I had to get in it with a helmet, which doesn't really work well now the alpha actually i had my head you know 5 degrees to the side <laughs> all day driving the alpha 4c the elise is about the same i there's a head position i can do where the the helmet is just barely touching and then if i sit back and i get really back and i get my head up that i've got to put my head a little bit to the side okay these are the realities of being yeah. a tall person in a small car so now, uh, do you, you know.
1: think now, i don't know if our local track does it but i've heard of others doing it when you have a convertible They'll actually put like a board over your head to see if your head sticks out.
0: Yeah, the broomstick test. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if our local track does it. I actually think because of where my head is in the car, if you took that panel out, I'd be underneath the broomstick test.
1: Well, that, that's actual, all that matters. Yeah,
0: really. which would be fine. But obviously, I'm, I'm going to be running with the hard top, so it'll be interesting.
1: So what you should do is put all your Nomex on from Lemons. And then do it, Hans, camera, go. Ridiculous, yes.
0: <laughs> yes, we were, we were over-geared for lemons compared to what we're doing this, this week. But I'm just excited to put my wife on track. Totally different experience for her, so that'll be fun. We will be back in just a second with an actual car debate.
2: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
0: So we're back with a car debate for Brian, who's writing here locally to us. Uh, we have a lot of people, actually, because we have Hill Air Force Base here, like, Forty minutes from where we're sitting yeah. right now. And so we have a lot of people in the Air Force that we meet at various events and and listen to the show and thank you guys so much. Uh, Brian's got a buddy in the Air Force currently stationed in Germany. So he's asking a question on behalf of his friend. So we don't know his friend's name, so hello, Brian's friend. But here's the question. His buddy is over in Germany yep. and seriously thinking about buying an older vintage European car. So we're talking twenty-five years or older, so you can get into that, you know, twenty-five-year-old classic yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And then because he's in the military, he can have that car shipped back for free.
1: Yeah, which is huge.
0: Yes. Well, that's the reason you see a lot of these guys in the military drive amazing cars. I mean, you want to see a great parking lot, go to any Air Force base, any well, any military base of any kind, because there's always cool cars in there, which is really fun. So he's trying to figure out what should he buy – but there's two twists on this that I think are quite interesting. Because you could just say that if the headline is, I'm overseas and I want to buy a car that I can bring back here, it'll be a cool investment. You start thinking about really high-dollar stuff. But yeah. this is interesting because yep. he's got 15,000 euros, roughly 18 grand Their US, yeah. to work with. So that's the first point. And then he's considering things that when he brings them here, they will go up in value.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting so, predicament. This is
0: the start, yeah. and I've got a couple things I want to speak to that he actually brought up. I want to speak to a couple of them, but you told me you went nuts with this, so I'm I kind of want to sit back. Crazy. I did go a little crazy.
1: I did a little crazy. So I just found this website. It was called um, what was it? Classic Classic Trader dot com. It's a UK based classic car okay, sure shop like car gurus or auto trader for classic cars in Europe. And I just set the set fifteen thousand for my budget and just had at it. Okay. And All right. There is a lot of fascinating cars at this budget that you that are older than twenty five years. Okay. Okay. And uh, the 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 one thing that I did do, I tried to stick stay clear of anything that you can find something similar in the U.S. I agree, so with, he, that. I agree with that. So he he mentions looking at Range Rover Defender or Land Rover Defenders mm-hmm. and Land Cruisers and BMWs, Porsches. Sure, sure, sure. I ignored that because you can get those here. You can. Maybe yes. not all the same trim levels, but you, you can, can get You can, yes. Unless you're a complete car geek, no one's going to know that oh that's special. You know what I'm saying? Possibly. Like I if, if someone I I actually posted as I was at a loss earlier today. I posted in a local European car group, what would you guys like to bring over that we didn't get here? Oh, a you're, lot of you're them, doing crowd research. I was, I was I like doing this. a lot of research. Okay, here. all right. I was getting a lot of you know, E30, E36 wagons, things like that. Mm, okay, all right. Which, they're, they're cool cars, but I don't think anyone would notice them.
0: You yes, see what I'm but, but you know what? If you actually were able to sell the European spec E36... That's interesting. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. They're,
1: they're very interesting, but I don't, like I said, I just don't see that rolling down the road and someone going, that's an E36 wagon. No, you're wagon. right.
0: Nobody would know instantly. I take your point. I take your point. So,
1: most of what I found were even older and very European cars. Not, oh. not that E36 wagons oh. are European. Okay. All right. But most of them are cars you could only get there. Okay. So, I found things like the 1976 Alfa Romeo Giulia Nuovo Super 1600.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Um, Then I've got a Lancia Beta Monte Carlo, mid engine, rear wheel drive, almost Fiero looking thing. I hate to say it, a Fiero looking thing, but But it's it's a reference point. I get that. It's kind of that that vein. Um, I found this one was a complete oddball. I showed this to my wife, and she's like, I would not. That's just weird. Okay. But it's the the Citroën ID20 Brake, is what it calls it on here. (laughs) Think of a Citroën DS. Sure, yeah. But in a wagon form.
0: Okay, it, I thought you were going to say Citroen DS to begin with, but keep going. I, I yeah.
1: think it looks really cool. I wouldn't buy one, but I think that that's European. <laughs> I always That'll love get.
0: comments like, "I think it's cool." I wouldn't buy one, but I think it's but cool. It, yeah, I hear it, you. It's
1: one of those things like that's that's pretty cool. Sure. Will it go up in value? Maybe, maybe not. But these are these are just the ridiculousness of my brain. Um, I found actually a, a number of loti in sure. this fifteen grand. The Lotus. Sure. Um, what is it? the Alon Plus at two S? It's a hardtop yeah, Lotus. Yeah, okay. Looks fantastic. Europas. Um, I found a few of the uh, wrong wheel drive Lotus Alons. Yeah, see, that's actually know. something I did want to say here. Those I were think... really cheap. Surprisingly, they're under his budget. They're, yeah, you can you can get them here, I think, but you the, never see them.
0: I think you need to be concerned with stuff that's right hand drive. Yes, because. There are cars, and one of the ones I want to recommend to you for sure, if you can find it for the budget, is is any Skyline. If you can find any Skylines for your budget, you will bring that over here and be able to sell it for a profit almost instantly. And and the Skyline, because of what it is, it almost the mystique is almost added to by being right-hand drive.
1: It's got that cult following, I think. It does. And I
0: think the fact that it's right-hand drive is just a known thing here, and everybody kind of wants that as well and all that kind of thing. I think short of that car right-hand drive is a liability in trying to resell I, yeah, these things
1: i can see that um i also found things like Ford capris the old basically european sure, mustangs v6 sure yeah yeah you don't see those here though i would i would love one of those put a v8 yeah in, but you're magical. a ford guy and you would build it out you would build I'm it out, you build it out. you'd have a capri but with a crazy engine no build. one has those here and i do think true. those would at least hold their value if not go yeah, up in yeah
0: yeah okay okay
1: I found I found a TVR, a 2500 M. I've never heard of this car. Seriously, you found a
0: TVR? TVR? The The new TVR TVR I'm very interested in. The pictures aren't great, but the new TVR that just dropped, and Paul will get to see it in person. Yeah, I'm curious what he just says about it. Yeah, Paul's been bugging me of late because apparently, and the Lotus is beginning it, but apparently all the cars I kind of secretly lust after and are maybe my guilty pleasure cars—they're all British. Yeah. He's over here in German land and I'm dreaming about Jaguar E-types and TVRs and weird <laughs> European, I mean, pardon me, weird British stuff and driving a Lotus. Yeah. So he's just kind of looking at me like, "What happened to you?" So anyway, okay. so that happened. Well, that's interesting. Okay, keep but, going. So
1: yeah, this TVR actually showed this one to my wife as well, and she had the exact opposite opinion of it as a Citroen. She's like, "I would love that." It, I just It think, looks cool.
0: I just think TVRs are fantastically cool, and they are incredibly oddball, all of them.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different Alfa Romeos. There's Lancia, Fulvia, the old front-wheel drive rally cars.
0: So you just kind of went through the website. And I just kind of went, yeah. and
1: like I said, yeah. I went nuts. Sure. But I think that this one is the really oddball, but I also think that this one kind of keeps in tradition with – or in line with the Defender and the kind of okay. wagon SUV-ness. Yeah, yeah the uh, the Rover Vitesse 3500, it's that that V8 powered, it's almost a shooting brakes four door wagon hatchback thing, mm. rear wheel drive. Okay, it's it's I don't know they're they're not the prettiest looking car but they're still, <laughs> um, well they were on Top Gear they yeah. had had one of the Clarkson had got it I forget what challenge they were doing it was one of those cheap car challenges and he, they did one of those. Um, um, it wasn't a demolition derby, but all the cars got sure. Pretty everything much. got destroyed. Yeah. yeah, and he did it in one of those. Yeah, and, and okay. the car did really well. So it's it's again a lot of these cars. I really don't know them much, that much about, but I saw them and just thought, oh, that's cool. If I mm-hmm. saw one of those, that would definitely turn my head. And I think the the key takeaway to any of these though is they're all twenty five year old or older European cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So things are going to happen to them. They're not they may or may not be solid.
0: Yeah, it's not They'll, the buy, buy and run and forget about it. And I ta- I and when
1: you. you do have to go buy parts, you may or may not find them locally. Yeah. Dealers might look at you funny like what is that? If you buy if you're <laughs>
0: buying some of those cars you listed, you're right, you're going to be really stuck. Yeah, so you'll Thank have God, to God for really the internet. You do yeah. research
1: on some of these. And when you do go to sell them in 3 years, like you're talking about doing, they will probably sell, sit for a little while because people aren't Yeah. It's gonna take that particular buyer that's looking for, sure, for that. For sure. Yes, you know I what agree. I'm saying? I
0: agree. I am I'm gonna land on three cars, and they are kind of representative of a larger world, but I'm gonna land on three cars and I'm gonna say, can you find any of these for fifteen thousand euros or less? First off, I'm gonna say any early M3. I I let me, let me back up for a second. My headline here is pick cars that are enthusiast icons. Yeah. Because I think if you can get one cheap enough over there and then ship it over here, then you're probably going to have even money or hopefully make money just because they're harder to find here.
1: Yeah, they would have to be E30 M3s.
0: If you could find an E30 M3 for $15,000, let me know. I might figure out how to buy one because that's a, that's a killer deal.
1: The,
0: but if you could figure out even an E36. They're not
1: old enough yet. That's they the
0: aren't problem. old enough? Is that no, the problem? That, that, they're they're not, what are they, 1998 90, or so, aren't they? Yeah, so they have to be yeah, older than okay. 92. All right, yeah, fair point. All right. But yes, if you could figure out an E30, killer. That'd be yeah, killer. Yeah, especially
1: like a competition one or something.
0: For sure. Well, in any of them, just an E30 M3. They're going for so much here. But I am going to say Skylines, for sure. I,
1: I did think that.
0: I don't know how easily you're going to find one over there, but here's the thing. Nobody on the planet, nobody in the U.S. is going to get a $15,000 Skyline. But in Europe, they're not as grandiose as they, they are here.
1: They sold them new there. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're just they're cars. Yesterday's car. You know? So
0: I think that would be interesting. I also wonder about the like Evo 7s we didn't get here.
1: Those might not be old enough either.
0: The 7 would be. I think the 7 would be. I think so. Somebody's going to have to check me on my dates, but I think it might be. But anything we didn't get that's an enthusiast icon is a big thing here. So the skyline works like crazy. I'm going to come back to the Range Rover Defender. Every person I know over here that has a Defender has made money on it when they sold it. Yeah, that's very true. So if you can find a Defender for this kind of money, this is no money for a Defender. If you can find a Defender for this kind of money, I think that's – look – I will back up again. I'm not a financial planner. Please don't plan your wallet based on what I have to say because that's a frightening, frightening thing. But, again, everyone I know with a Defender made money when they sold it. And I've actually known a couple situations where I heard about three owners of a Defender and each owner paid more than the last.
1: It makes sense.
0: So uh, the same Defender was changing hands and gaining money. So if you could really find one for this money, Look, it's not buy it because it's, enthusi- it's an enthusiast car, but it's such an icon among that group over here. You take 100 people, 99 people to walk by by that and not know what it is, and the 100th guy will stand around it all day <coughs> long and drool. Oh, the yeah. people that like those cars will throw money at them. So if you could really find a Defender for this money, done. If you could find a, a Skyline for this money, I think you make money there. If you e- could – any 30 Wow, you can make money there too.
1: Yeah, you could also look at the, um, was it the Peugeot two hundred five GTIs. True. You look at those. True. Um, yeah. The early Audi S twos. Those. That's interesting. That, That's interesting. Those are yeah. not the RS twos, but the S twos you can find for mm-hmm. for uh, I'll, I'll say twenty thousand euros. I saw a few of those. Uh, I didn't see fifteen. I wasn't really looking that yeah. hard at them. Either. And I
0: wonder about five series In- wagons.
1: Yeah, the early ones you can probably do
0: because that's not common here either, and there is a cult of those cars too.
1: Oh yeah, people love those here. Um, oh, and the uh, Lancia Deltas you can find the you can't find the hot versions of those for fifteen. True. No, you can you can, wouldn't. You you wouldn't. can yeah. get the Deltas, and people do love even those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Hopefully, Brian's friend, hopefully something in here has been helpful. I just keep getting caught on that Range Rover Defender idea just because all the ones I know have sold for so much money. Yeah, I, um, I don't
1: think you can go wrong with them. I really don't. It, yeah. Your choices I think are spot on mm-hmm. for sure. I like I said, I just don't know if they'll be the kind of thing that if if you want it to have you know, look be European and be that special thing. Like I said, if you show up to a Carson Coffee and a Defender, there will be the two or th- two or three people will flock to it. But there's there's for the most but part- there's two
0: angles of this. Do you get the thing, and I, and I don't have a clear answer here, but do you get the thing that is so European it's weird and people go, "What is that"? Or do you get the thing that's forbidden fruit? And I feel like if you're buying or both, but yeah, but I feel like if you're buying because you want something interesting then you buy the forbidden – the weird car that nobody knows what it is. But if you're really buying to resell, you have to buy the forbidden fruit cars.
1: That's true. That is very true. So
0: it just depends on on his headspace. Hopefully something in here, including Chance's amazing read the internet list of 50 cars, which I'm (laughs) incredibly impressed with, by the way. Bravo. Uh, Hopefully something in here has sent you down a good road. I'm just fascinated that this interesting stuff is available for this kind of money.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've, it, at first when I heard 15,000, I was like, oh, that's going to be a really hard one. And older than 25 mm-hmm. years, there's not a lot of – for but, me anyways, there's not a lot of early 90s stuff that I'd like. But you know me. I'm an old car guy. So that's yeah, what I, I went to or towards. Yeah,
0: well, it's interesting to me how much stuff uh, overseas just tends to just really drop in value. So, uh, I mean, the whole – all of the UK car market because they're right-hand drive and they're stuck on an island. Those plummet so fast you can hear them whistle. But in general, <laughs> there's amazing deals on cars available there. Hopefully something cool comes back. Let us know. If it comes to Ogden and it's really nuts, hey, I'm going to say it. We'd like to drive it. So we'll see where that goes. We have many, many uh, social media questions, and the podcast is is heading, wow, toward a place where we need to be done. So I wanted to cover some of those. What uh, What struck you, Chance?
1: Uh, there was one on. I gotta find it again. It was on Instagram. Okay. That struck me. Hold, give me a second. Here. Well, I'm gonna answer this question yeah, in the meantime
0: oh, on Facebook. Uh, okay, Hector asked the question: Why haven't Chance and Edgar joined the pilgrimage trip? I want to speak to this real quickly. First off, Hector, Hector, Edgar's been. Edgar went yeah, first year. Edgar went, the went, went to film the, the the actual film pilgrimage. And the funny thing about that was. He and Tom were working like crazy the whole four or five days we were there, and they were shooting, shooting, shooting constantly. And RSR, our hosts that have been our hosts every year, uh, are kind of our partners in the deal. They wanted us at some point to show off the fact that they at the time, and I think they've got something similar now, but at the time they had a 99-euro lap including instructor. Yeah, They put you in their base car with an instructor and you could go for 99 euros. You could have an instructor lap of the ring. That includes your 30 euro pass to do a lap. It was all inclusive. It was very cool. We had driven all kinds of stuff, including the 911 GT3. And at the end, they were like, we still really want you guys to do this. And I was like, I don't mean this to be tacky, but that's a weird downgrade. (laughs) Because by that point, we'd driven for multiple days, all kinds of cars, and then it hit us. So with almost no warning we threw Edgar and Tom in that car and gave them both a lap and they had so much fun. You can watch that. It's called surprise. You're driving the ring. That YouTube video is out there. So Edgar's been chance is um, uh, to say chance wants to go. And I'm speaking for him here is, is the world's largest understatement. The, the struggle genuinely speaking about it from the show is there's two ways to go. When you kind of work with the show, you can go and work, But that kind of sucks because you don't get to drive. Yeah. Or you can go and drive, but now you have to pay for it. Yeah. So this is the ongoing discussion here. Uh, We are working very quickly, very hard to try to get Chance and hopefully his wife to join us next year. I was going to
1: say, on top of me wanting to go, my wife really wants to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. We were about this close to going this year. I know. I know. And I think, I don't know, about a month before, I realized, oh, my passport's going to be, is expired and I don't know if I'm going to get it renewed in time that would have been hard and yeah, I didn't want to take that risk of getting to the airport and my passport not having shown up yet or you know Having to save up money for two people instead of just one. There will be there's, next year. There's, there there's, yeah, next yeah there's, year. there's next year, so I'm, I'm not complaining.
0: I mean, the th- the thing is that and yeah.
1: I'm, I'm so thankful for my wife for being patient with me too, because she was wanting to go. She was about to leave me behind to go. <laughs> that's funny. Well,
0: I mean, that's the thing. If the show was just if we were all doing backstrokes and pools of money, then we would take everybody that we know. But oh, that's, yeah. that's the, well, we the, live the, there exactly. But the sh- the the show has genuine costs and a tight budget, and the trip itself has genuine costs. So that's the thing if you go and you work you get to go
1: but you're in
0: your way is paid but you watch other people drive which does genuinely suck yeah so we got to figure this out hopefully chance will go in the near future
1: yeah so cars and comments asked this was it wasn't directed specifically at me but it's directed at me has your boxster been reliable for me and my wife Mm -hmm. and is a 987 a good first porsche I'm going to say yes to both cases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we've had... The things that have happened have been, you know, it, the car needed new brakes. Well, that's consumables. That's life, the yeah. The water exactly. pump went out. Well, that's another consumable, technically. Sure, to some degree, It's yeah. an expensive consumable, but it is. But
0: it's not an unheard of thing. I yeah. hear your point. Yeah. yeah,
1: and, you know, things that, that can happen, anything. But other than those two things, the car has been solid. We're mm-hmm. coming up on 50,000 miles on it already. Yeah. We bought it with 34. So in about a year we've put 16,000 miles on the thing so it's yeah. it's a well loved car and it did a full utah it, winter it did a full winter yeah um yeah my wife just loves it to bits she drive. i drive it maybe once or twice a month it's it's but, a great car but it really is a very good it's car it's her car and, and she loves it and she's told me she's told you that she will never sell it so we'll we, see but we've yeah. got yeah, well yeah. yeah she's she said that and then i think a week later she drove uh, Paul's Cayman.
0: Yeah, she drove Paul's GTS and went. Well, maybe. And then she started uh,
1: sending me links to to Boxster GTSs that you can't which afford. I can't afford. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but just yeah, but,
0: the bug has hit big time. I hear you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the car's been great. And for a first Porsche, I would say yeah, by all means, go for one. Uh, you can get them for twenties yeah. all day long, lower even.
0: Yeah, Paul and I have had this discussion recently because Paul – look, uh, he's not here, so I'll make fun of him. Paul, our friend who backstrokes – I'd make fun of him with him here now that I think about it. But <laughs> yeah, Paul, you know. who backstrokes in the pool of Porsche, has been pondering the reality of a old Porsche to beat on because obviously he loves well, like his GTS. 914 or
1: 944 something. Or something?
0: Just He loves his GTS, but there's a part of him that just thinks, okay – I like this thing. I'd like to keep it nice. I mean, Paul's very sure. precious about his cars, yeah, and yeah. I get it. So that's made him – and look, it's not like he's run out and made a decision, but we've got to – because, again, when the microphones get turned off, we're still doing car debates. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't stop. We just, we just stop recording them. So Tomorrow,
1: anyway. Todd and I will be texting back and forth. Oh, we should have picked this. Of what, course what, what we, we think Absolutely true.
0: <laughs> but so Paul's been been looking at old Porsches, and one of the things he's found interesting is there's a connection point where 944s, the ones you want, the nice ones – ...are almost the same money as early Caymans and Boxsters. Yeah. And the discussion we start having at that point is it's so much more a modern car that I start to think that the 944 loses. I love the 944. Yeah. But you're jumping, in many cases, almost 20 years newer, certainly 10 to 15 newer and just that reality of seals and rubber pieces that can, that can deteriorate. Just that Machines kind of stuff and, is so yeah. exactly that's the kind of stuff is so much newer at that point and parts are so much more available that I start to go, shouldn't you just get the newer car? So back to cars and comments question. Thanks for writing in. We appreciate how much you follow along with the show. Thank you. That, that I do wonder. Yeah. If that might be the sweet spot is those Cayman and boxers. I know we bring them up a lot, but folks, they're cheap comparatively to and, lots and of we other
1: bring things. them up a lot for a reason yeah they and, are dang good cars yes
0: the IMS thing exists but it's very solvable as we talked about the key thing to, to these cars if you're chasing them and back to Jordan who bought that 996 the key thing is finding a good independent mechanic that knows the cars yep. avoid the dealer you'll probably get all of your service done for half price what the dealer would charge yes it will cost you more than your Honda Civic but you're also or, or your Toyota Corolla, I'll go that route. But you're also not driving a Toyota Corolla anymore and that's a win.
1: Yeah, totally. And I'll be honest, I've I've looked at nine forty fours, I've thought of um oh, cheap replacement for the BRZ. But then I think it's almost the same car, just fifteen years apart. Yeah. And with the cheaper ones, you can get get the non turbo ones for what, eight grand or you so? You can. You can. But how much are you gonna be spending to totally. put it back to good condition and the
0: brz is going to be far cheaper to run you know it will be yeah
1: yeah uh steven schwartz asks what car is too flashy that we would not recommend on the car debate hmm i don't know if being too flashy is a bad thing now it's not for everybody yeah but isn't that kind of the point of some of the cars we recommend is just being ostentatious
0: well i think it depends on your usage and what you need yeah i mean if if the the thing is, a lot of the cars that are really good dynamically and genuinely fun to drive aren't cars I would typically say are flashy. True. But there have been people that have written to us and said they want a car that makes an impression. They want a car that, you know, it looks really cool <coughs> on uh, uh you know, it's a baller car for cars and coffee. Well now we're starting talking about flashy cars. They they don't need to be dynamically good. They should be, wow, you have one of those. Yeah. You know? And so, like, you know, I think about the old ridiculous Cadillacs or anything from the Finned era of the U.S. Normally wouldn't come up unless True. that person clearly is looking for that kind of thing. I think the flashy cars die because most people aren't looking for something that matches that less than we wouldn't recommend it across the board.
1: Yeah. I also don't think oh, we wouldn't not recommend something like a Lotus Elise because, oh, well, they're great to drive, but, oh, that's just too ridiculous looking. They're too flashy.
0: Well, but also I'm a child, so I like the ridiculous <laughs> and flashy looking. True,
1: yeah. true. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, actually,
0: uh, Hayden Kibbe wrote in on Instagram, great, very pertinent question. He said, what are our thoughts on the 911 GT3 Touring in relation to the 911R? Hayden, I'm going to say this. I, I know very little about the car, meaning personally, because I've just seen what we've all seen, and that's the stuff online. I'm yeah. sure Paul is somewhere right now currently drooling on this car. But here's the thing about the GT3 Touring that I am so very impressed by. This is Porsche doing what they said they were planning on. And oh, yeah. Meaning they were going to try to, t- to not make their cars investment opportunities. Yeah. yeah it's, the anti, it's the ultimate anti-Ferrari
1: move. I love that they're doing it too I'm it's, I'm so surprised
0: but so impressed
1: yeah I mean I, these guys put their hearts and souls in engineering these cars and then you got these other people like oh we can make a quick buck for sure for sure I, I think part of what now this is this is my poke at Porsche here I think part of their problem with the 911r mm-hmm. wasn't that it was such a limited car. It was that they only offered it to the 918 owners originally. Yeah, yeah. And then they turned around and said, oh, I can make it.
0: For sure, make, for sure. And it was a, it was an island in their market as far yeah. as you couldn't get that combination. It was a greatest hits car, and, and, and then it was rare, the combination of the two.
1: Yeah, and then Porsche came along and said, oh, by the way, we know who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck getting the next one. And then they come around and say, oh, by the way, here's, here's a GT3 with a manual. Here's, yeah. here's a GT3 Grand Touring or what, what yeah. I forget what the, it's called The now. GT3 touring, touring. Yeah,
0: exactly. I am I'm shocked they've done this. Genuinely I kind shocked. Of, I
1: am with the Touring. I did not see that one but,
0: coming. But I'm also very impressed because this is Porsche. And Porsche is one of those brands, one of the like top two brands as far as actually the amount of money they make per car. Yeah, But once you get into speculators, that's not going back to the people that made the car anymore. That's just going into the pocket of the person that bought it just yep. to speculate it. And I do find that the juxtaposition to Ferrari completely fascinating because Ferrari has almost encouraged this world. yeah. And yet Porsche is so against it, they are putting out cars that undermine the value of the people that are buying their cars just to speculate them.
1: Which I just find hilarious.
0: I do too. It's and, hilarious. And, and the the thing I hope comes out of it, honestly, genuinely hope comes out of it, is that people buy these cars to drive them. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but Porsches really are designed really well to be driven. And when you drive them more, they run better. Yeah. So I hope that's well, what happens well, here. Well,
1: to to your point, the, the local Ferrari dealer, they've had a mm-hmm. la Ferrari sitting on their showroom since it was delivered. Sure. It's, it's, it was already bought. It was delivered to the customer that it arrived, but it's just been sitting there. It just sits it there. It might get driven around the wow. block once a year. Wow. But it just sits that's, there on that's display. A, it's, a and it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. What a waste. Yeah. What a waste. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a 911R here locally. Actually, it's a silver one with red stripes I've seen a few times, and it always turns my head. I'd love to drive that car, but now I'd be very curious. I don't know if anybody will do it. The 911R side-by-side with this GT3 Touring.
1: Yeah, that would be fascinating.
0: Because you know the the nine eleven R, because of the the makeup of it, if you will, it was a kind of a unique parts bin. And I mean, and I mean that as a compliment in this case, a, kind of a unique parts bin car. Porsche going, what do we want to pull out of the bin and make a car? So I'd be very curious to have a side by side to see have they really matched the R have they made a car that is just like, well, you could pay twice as much for the 911 R, you could just come over here to the GT3 Touring and call it a day. That would be awesome.
1: I'm going to put my foot in my mouth here because I haven't read the specs on this car yet, but I'm wondering if the Touring is kind of the call it the turbo version if you will not has a turbo on it but has the turbo luxury in the GT3 it's
0: it's, al- it's almost the old turbo look idea too you know yeah, that they yeah. did on the old 911s i mean that's the thing is they're they're taking away a little bit of the hardcore of the GT3 getting bit rid of the big wing giving it a, a the traditional if you will 991 uh wing that raises and lowers yeah. they're giving it that one and yet it's GT3 underneath GT3 front end i, I think it's a fascinating animal but it does exactly overlap the 911R, at least in its suggestion. Man, now I really want to have both these cars side by side. We'll see if that happens. Well, guys, we're going to wrap it up because it has been a good podcast already, and wow, I can talk. Chance, thanks for trying to to actually get a word in edgewise. I appreciate that. Well done. Well done. <laughs> and thank you for the McLaren work. I'm excited to see that piece. Paul yeah, will be I want back. One
1: now. <sighs> yeah,
0: that's yeah. that's a I, short I, I don't trip. have
1: 200 grand, but I will. That's I want a short
0: trip. Now. We saw a 720S in Stuttgart and I just I just needed a minute uh, to I, just stand there.
1: I, I will tease you guys a little bit. So at, at, towards the end of the driving experience, mm-hmm. I had yeah. um they did a hot lap with one of the instructors. Okay. Uh the instructor I had was Matt Bell, who is a Msa Continental tire driver. And he drives a Camaro ZL1 GT4 and had just come off back-to-back Oof. wins in the Oof. car. So he can drive. So he—he's a hot shoe. He's basically a Billy Johnson for Chevy. Okay, kind sure. Of thing. Sure, sure. Not quite, but they were competitors last year. And uh, so he—he, he, I sit down, get strapped in. We're in the 650s, about to go on a hot lap around Sonoma okay, Raceway. I love this already. Go on. And he—he he leans over and says. This is only my second lap ever in this car because he'd just taken someone else out before. Okay, sure. And he switches all the buttons and we just leave the pits in a cloud of smoke and he's just <laughs> sideways through just about every corner and it was just the most crazy thing I've ever been. Those in my guys life. are so was, awesome that they do that. It was just great. I love it. But yeah, just the then then when we get back to the pits, he he goes, yeah, I need one of these in my life. Man, oh man. <laughs>
0: What what a life. Very cool. I'm very excited to see that piece. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Paul will be back for Friday's podcast. We'll have some more debriefs, hopefully, of the Frankfurt Motor Show. I'm very excited for his designer thoughts, having walked the show. That'll be very cool. Yeah, yeah. And we're getting back into the normal car debates. We've got some cool guests coming up as well. So all of that is happening. By the way, we're still shooting stuff for Season 2 of television, and we're shooting stuff for the web. And at some point, I have to edit all this stuff. Because, wow. Uh, but thank yeah. you for listening. If you have your own car debate, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail or through our website, everydaydriver.com, and we are listening to all the social media questions. Thank you guys for sending those in, yep. and we'll see you next time.
2: You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be.